0: So I was leaf blowing and I stepped in a chipmunk hole (laughs) and the momentum just kept me going and I, my face kissed the corner of the porch, but my glasses broke the fall and protected my left eye from getting shish kebobbed. So, you know, thank God that I can still see more, more than not. It's still puffy and I'm still looking over that piece that's. It's there. a lot
1: better today. The last few days it was like out to here. But
0: so she didn't hit me.
1: I did not hit him. Those
0: of you who that have accused is, her.
1: Everywhere we went, he'd say they'd somebody go, What happened? He goes, Oh, I fell and hit the deck, and they're like, Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do it. I did not do it. I couldn't put that kind of force in there if I wanted to. But I have to tell the funnies, okay? Do we have time for this? Okay, we're we in the ER, and they numbed his eye up because he had stitches up here, and the doctor said he, from the corner of the deck, it must have ripped all the way across. So he's all numb. I was supposed to go on a special day to Traverse City on Friday, so I called my friend and said, I'm not gonna make it. Oh. He's like, we're in the ER, he's going, what are you doing? I said, I just, he goes, no, no. And he looks at me from the hospital, and goes, I'm fine, really, I'm fine. I'm like, seriously? And then he got loopy, and the nurse said, oh, he's gonna get so sleepy, he got wired, okay? So it's like 9, 9, 8.30 at night, and I said, do you want me to drop you off at home and go back and get your prescription? He goes, no, I'll just I'll sit in the parking lot. We get to Walmart, and he goes, I'm gonna go in with you, I wanna see what people think. I'm like, Norm, you're gonna scare hey, people. it was Halloween almost. You're, you're going to scare people. He goes, no, no, I'm going to go to the Halloween section and go, <laughs> oh, oh and trust me, he freaked out a couple people. But I can tell you this, we got so much sympathy from the pharmacist, now I know what to do to get really good help there. <laughs> so when we were in ER, the doctor said that the deck must have caught the corner of an eye, and he made the remark he was kidding. I bet you, your skin's still on the deck. So we get home. It's pitch dark out. Our side porch is not that stable. It's kind of scary. And I just come in, and I look up, and I go, where's Norm?
0: I had a flashlight.
1: He had his flashlight looking for a skin on the corner of the deck. <laughs> he was like a little bing, bing, bing all over the place. And I was like, Norm, calm down and sit, because you're going to be sore if you don't. But <laughs> it was quite the experience. But
0: So because... It's a fifth Sunday, and our children are in here. I was supposed to do uh, the number four of the, Trinity, the adorable Godhead, the Trinity, uh, part four. And that's going to be next week. Hopefully, you'll forgive me for that. Uh, so today, because I wasn't sure how far into this thing I would get, <laughs> I think I'm going to be all right. But Yeah, you'll uh, be good. We studied together yesterday, which is always a joy. <laughs>
1: In more ways
0: than one. I'm <laughs> being facetious. I don't know what it is about studying together, but it's a good thing we've been married 46 yeah, years, because, yeah. man. Yeah. I don't know who barked it, who more, you or me. I, I don't know. We'll,
1: we'll discuss so it going So we're going
0: we're gonna to <laughs> talk about love today. <laughs> no. Actually, we're going to talk about the parable of the Good Samaritan, and... If I can get this turned on here, So it's Norm. a really
1: basic message. I mean, how can you improve on the Good Samaritan, right? So we're going we're to start out by reading it this morning. Luke 10, 25 through 35. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now see, this looks pretty straightforward, but Jesus knew this man's heart. He wasn't asking these questions because he really wanted to know. He was being kind of snarky.
0: He was trying to trick him, wasn't he? Yeah.
1: So where did this man get his answer he got it by reading the Old Testament. The Jewish people would have known Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 19.18. Say that is again real fast. Leviticus 1918. So those are the two scriptures up on the board. And we're going to continue with Luke 10.
0: Yeah, let me stand over here so my good eye can see. Oh, this. that's
1: a good eye. Wait, you want to do this? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I wasn't sure which way it should go. All right. Verse 28, Right, Jesus told him, Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Here is this guy, this expert in the law, trying to trip Jesus up. But before we get to that, let me just identify what is a neighbor, who is a neighbor. The Oxford Dictionary defines neighbor as A person living near or next door to the speaker or the person referred to so when Jesus says you're supposed to love your neighbor who is that person June who is your neighbor Nola (laughs) Nola who is your neighbor that's right those who are around you yes exactly do you get to pick your neighbor you know, we, we just had the house cell next to us, and we haven't met the person yet, but we saw their car there this morning. We're on pins and needles to see who it is. <laughs> are they going to be good neighbors? Or are they going to be like Jimi Hendrix kind of Van Halen, you know? It tra- sound travels in our neighborhood. <laughs> we don't know. But we're already praying. I've been praying. I was, when I saw the house go on the market, I was praying for our new neighbor, that Lord, put somebody in there that we can minister to. So who knows what we're going to get. You pray that kind of prayer, you better be ready for God's kind of answer. <laughs> Being somebody's neighbor does not necessarily mean that you'll like each other. Oh, really? How many can say amen? amen. In fact... Sometimes your neighbor can be your enemy. This could even be true in your own house. Some of you have been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. This can be proved to be very interesting, and I I just wanted to throw in a little excerpt of my childhood, and I might have mentioned this once or twice before, but there was a family that lived across the road from us, and I won't name names, but um, they were... An interesting family and the one boy was about five years four years my senior and he outweighed me about three to one and he just liked to pick on me he, he was what today we would call a bully yes and and he would wait till I left my property he didn't dare come on my property because he knew he'd be in trouble but he would wait till I left the property and then he would corner me so I couldn't get home and then he'd get on top of me get me on the ground and start tickling me because he knew that was torture. I was a very ticklish person when I was young. I still am a little bit, but I'm big enough now to protect myself most of the time. (laughs) Because of this relationship, it didn't bode well between my dad and his dad because my dad would go out and threaten his dad, keep your boy home, keep him off my son, yada, yada, yada. This was the kind of neighbor that we had back then. So what is Jesus' advice? Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And I just want to say, it wasn't easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jesus' main point is that we love our neighbors as ourselves, and that includes reaching out and loving those who don't love us first. In fact, we may be required to love those who despise us, or we despise them. mm Keep in mind, we're to love others. That's important.
0: And before you go to that next part, can I just say this? Years later, this young man that used to get on top of me and tickle me—we're working at Mount Hope Church in Lansing as pastors—and I'm coming down the, the hallway, and here comes this guy right at me. And my first thought wasn't, "Oh yay." (Laughter) In fact, on the inside, because back then I was bodybuilding and I was actually pretty buff at the time. Now it's all sunk down to here again. But You know, I had thoughts. I <laughs> wonder what he'd like if I got him down right now and tickled him. And he came up to me with his big old cheesy grin.
1: Norm,
0: <laughs> Well, he got born again. Yes. None. Praise Jesus. Now, one of the guys on our counseling team later said, thanks a lot, Norm. Because <laughs> he had a few things going on in his life. But the point is, you never know. Mm-mm. You know, God wants all men to come to him, all men to be saved, mm-hmm. and women, and boys, and girls. So with that said. okay,
1: Well, let's go move on with the scriptures which Jesus tells a parable. Jesus replied with a story in Luke 10:30 and on. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and left left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side and passed him by. A temple assistant, a Levite, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bills run higher, then this, I'll be pay you the next time I come through. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same.
0: Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm not taking any drugs, by the way. (laughs) I'm just sort of enjoying the moment. Awesome. So I think the key word here, as we go back here a little bit, is despised Samaritan. I want you to get a picture of who Jesus is portraying this this man who's loving Mm -hmm. his neighbor as. The despised Samaritan was called that because Jewish people would not even associate with Samaritans, and vice versa. Samaritans hated Jews, Jews hated Samaritans. That's just how it was. And I would use a modern analogy, but I don't need to. You can probably think of all kinds of people right now, how much the left loves the right, and vice versa. Right? So if I were to throw somebody in there, you would get the picture. That despised person from the left or the despised person from the right, whichever camp you happen to be from. Jesus was trying to make the point that it didn't matter if you liked the person or not. It didn't even matter if you hated that person, although that's not scriptural, right? Christians shouldn't hate. Jesus wanted us to understand that this had nothing to do with who your neighbor was. In fact, to the contrary. It had to do with who you were. Mm, Good point. How can we apply this parable to our lives? And I just wanted to show this. Show mercy. That's what Jesus was. That's his main point. It's easy to read this and think, I would never ever treat anybody like this. How many of you would say that?
1: Mm.
0: And if you said that's me. Not to pick on you because you're raising your hand. He's stretching. Oh, you're just stretching. Okay, everybody stretch. We don't want anybody feeling weird here after the pastor called them out. Hallelujah. If you were to say, I'd never do that, that would be a pious person. (laughs) That's the kind of person Jesus is talking to here those who think more highly of themselves than they probably should because all of us at one time or another have been this person where we have had an opportunity to be the love of Jesus but we let it pass or we passed that situation. Right? Have you ever helped somebody that you didn't know or you didn't agree with or maybe that you were mad at? Ooh. You know who I see doing this the most are moms. They could be madder than daylights at you. <laughs> and then you do something dumb and they'd come and help you. Right? Moms just know how to do that. They're quick to forgive. And I think that's something that all of us need to keep in mind. This Samaritan put aside his feelings, his cultural feelings. He might have been raised to hate Jewish people. How many of you have ever been raised to hate somebody? Raise your hand. The rest of you? Really? Are you really being honest? Nobody else has. You've been raised in a home where you, you're just, you all love everybody. Okay, good. good. Well, I'm glad. Geez, we got a good church going here. Why are we preaching? They already know it all.
1: <laughs> keep going. All right, keep, keep going.
0: going. Thank you. Keep me on track here. <laughs>
1: focus, chap,
0: focus. <laughs> How many of you have ever been driving and you've seen a person walking on the side of the road <laughs> who looked like they needed help and you said to yourself, oh, that'd be too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Especially depending on the day or night, whatever. In the time of the good Samaritan story, the area between that Jericho or that Jesus pointed out between Jericho and Jerusalem, it was extremely dangerous. And it was known to be an area where, even with an army, you didn't want to go through there. Because these guys would hang out in the crags and the rocks and the caves and the bushes, waiting for unsuspecting passers-by so they could jump on them and take whatever they had of value. The road was not safe to travel on, and yet, let alone stop and help somebody who was in need like this. The Jewish man was beaten so badly he couldn't move. And I thought it was appropriate that I look like this today. <laughs> just, just to give you an idea, of course I'm already stitched up and they didn't put olive oil on this, they put Neosporin on it, but <laughs> modern medicine. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that you throw caution out if you try to help somebody, if God puts somebody in your path. Use your head, you know. We don't need anybody getting kidnapped or killed because you're helping them. But sometimes God calls on us to do things that are inconvenient, that are in places where maybe we shouldn't be to begin with, but it's an opportunity to share the love of God.
1: Right, and I know it was last year, I believe, we had somebody from the church, a lady, that was coming, I think she was coming home from church or something, and she saw a woman on the bridge crying and she went past her and she thought i've got to do something so she pulled around came back and she asked the lady are you okay she says no i'm i don't want to live anymore and she was going to jump and she shared with her come on get in the car i'll take you home nope i'm just i don't want to i'm done i can't i have nothing to live for anymore and the person from church shared jesus and said get in the car And finally the lady did. She drove her home and was able to pray with her. And I I don't know if she's kept up with her, but God intervened that day. And I think that's so special. There's a good Samaritan, although this lady from church wasn't hated. (laughs) But I just think it's so powerful. You know, there are times like I'll pass them and I think, man, I really want to pick them up. But I, you know, it isn't safe for a woman driving alone to do that. But I have called Norm and said, hey, I'm gonna keep you on speaker. I'm picking somebody up. So but don't do it unless you feel safe. But I think sometimes because we have that excuse anymore when we go by a car that's on the side of the room, oh they've got their cell phone, they're getting help how many times have we passed someone that's really needed something and we just don't even think about it anymore? But I was so thankful that the lady from church stopped.
0: Didn't she pass her first? Yeah, I said went, that. Oh, did you? Yeah. If I was listening to Yeah,
1: guess. I know. No, she didn't. She turned around and she came back. And this was, I think the weather was really icky too. It was like snowing and cold. So so maybe you're asking yourself right now, why do I have to love my neighbor? Why? Why? Well, you know what? If, if you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've given your heart to the Lord, it's pretty much telling you to love others. And if Jesus did it for you when you were unlovable, when you were full of sin, and when you asked Jesus Christ to come in your life and he took it all away and made you clean, shouldn't we extend that to others? Mercy. Mercy. It's part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Remember, as a sinner, we were an enemy to God. Amen? But after we became born again, we are expected to love others like Jesus loved. Even those who don't deserve our love, we need to even love our enemies.
0: Hmm. I just wanted to share a, a New Testament scripture not related to, to this passage we've been in, but it's actually just a little bit before. Luke six thirty-five and 36. This is what Jesus said. He said, love your enemies. Say that with me. Love your, love your enemies. enemies. How easy is it to love your enemy? I mean, most of us, we don't even want to admit we have an enemy because that kind of shows, eh, maybe I'm not there yet you know, what, with your walk with the Lord. Maybe I'm not mature enough yet. And I'll be honest with you, there are still times where I struggle with certain people. You know, I'm just being honest. And I've got to put myself back on my knees and just say, Lord, forgive me for feeling like that towards somebody. Never any of you. Because you know. <laughs> you're, you're part of our family. How many ever get angry at your family? Now, would you consider—don't raise your hand on this. Would you consider anybody in your family your enemy? And, and I already asked this before, but you know there are times—even even some of you young people—you, your brother, your sister—anybody ever been told on by your brother <laughs> or your sister?
1: That was not a stretch.
0: <laughs> How does that make you feel? How, do you get angry with them? Do you? It's like, you traitor, you told mom that was between us. You broke the code. Sometimes we can be angry with our own family. Or uncle so-and-so does some stupid thing, ends up on the front page of the paper. And you're like, that's our name. Now everybody's going to associate us with him. Yeehaw! Jesus said, you got to love them. It's a whole, if you haven't figured this out, that's the whole point of the message today. you got to love them. Love your enemies. Say it with me again. Love,
1: love your, your enemies. enemies.
0: Read, this, read this with me. Do, do good, good to, to them. them. Lend to them without expecting, expecting to be, to be repaid. Paid. What? <laughs> Who is going to do this? What is Jesus trying to get across? We cannot, de- we cannot in and of ourselves say, I'm not going to love this person. There are no holds barred here. When it comes to love, unconditional love is something God showed to you and to me. We should have been judged for our sins we should have been hung on that cross tortured he didn't deserve it but he still took our place and he forgave us we were the the enemies of god as sinners all men have sinned and fallen short of god's glorious standard right nobody's excused from this and yet because god loved us that much he paid the ultimate price and he sent his son, Jesus. Amen. And Jesus loved us enough to do it. Do you remember when he was in the garden? Crying. The Bible says he was crying what? He was sweating blood for crying out loud. And he said to his heavenly Father, if possible, let this cup pass, but not my will, Lord.
1: Your will.
0: Yours be done. Amen. Jesus respected his father enough to go through with it, even though he knew what was coming. Then, Jesus said, your reward from heaven will be very great. Everybody say, that's good news.
1: Good news.
0: And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. So when you love your neighbors, look at your neighbor, say, when I love you, When you love your neighbors, God says, your reward will be very great. How many can say, Praise the Lord? God is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. You know what God's asking of you and me is the opposite of what the world says. The world says if somebody hits you, smack them back. That's why so many people, when they saw my eye in in Walmart, asked me, what's the other guy look like? True, because that's just a human reflex. You get pummeled, you pummel back. Now, when that young man in my childhood, when he got on top of me and tickled me, I couldn't do anything about it because he was three times my size. Sometimes you can't fight back. But the world's way is different from our way as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. If you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, then you must love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Right? where are we at it's so much easier to love those who love us right i mean when your mom makes you cookies that's easy to love her (laughs) in my case when my wife makes me cookies well it's not just cookies (laughs) everything you make is good but loving those that don't love us that is not easy and i think that that was the whole point of jesus Little story here, this parable that he told this uh, Jewish legal scholar was look you got this thing all wrong, it has nothing to do with the law and everything to do with what's in here if you really love God with all your heart, mind, soul and body then this is going to help you to love your neighbor even if your neighbor is your enemy or especially if your neighbor is your enemy Jesus was hung on that cross and one of the last things he said was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If Jesus had said, smoke those those turkeys, whether it was the Roman soldiers or the Jewish men that were off to the side giggling about it, his father would have done that. But that wasn't Jesus' response, was it? Mm -hmm. He is our example, our perfect example. Those that hurt you, what do you do? You pray for them. You do good toward them. The biggest thing is you forgive
1: them. Right. You know, we've learned that hurting people hurt others. Sometimes people just don't even understand it and they lash out because they've been hurt so badly. Um, we need to recognize that. You know, I don't know how many times I've been at the grocery store or I'm at the register and the ladies just cranked. And a lot of times I'll ask, are you okay? Are you, having, is, are you having a bad day? And I've
0: seen her do this. And, and
1: you know, it, they break down it right there. It, it like, disarms what? them. And then they'll explain. I said, can I pray for you? You can even go that far. But it usually diffuses it. They don't even realize they're being cranky. So that is one thing you can do as a believer is try to give mercy to those that are angry or upset. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their day's like, what they've got going on at home, and we need to pray for them. The other thing I wanted to say is um, I had a mentor in my life, Sister Warnick. Oh, boy. She was amazing. She came up with the best things, and one day she said, Barb, God puts stinkers in your life to keep you on your knees. I went, you're right. <laughs> so when something happens or someone gets upset, I think, oh, there's a stinker. I need to pray for him. Or when so you see I, him
0: coming down the hallway. Right. <laughs> or you're going out to your mailbox and they're greeting you there. Yeah. You know?
1: So just, just pray for him. him. Yeah. And you know, we have feelings and we have a spiritual. Sometimes our emotions aren't going to feel like our spiritual man. Sometimes you just want to, those are your feelings. And that's why it's so important to be in the Word and to be praying every day so that your spirit man can take over when your emotions go out of control. Amen. So what can we, can a person do who's been mistreated? Maybe you're just feeling like you're beat up. You know what? And I've said this over and over a lot of times in counseling, when someone comes in and they're so down, they're so depressed, they don't know where to turn. You know, I pray with them, I give them scriptures, but I also say, go find someone to pray for them too. Because when you're doing for others, it lightens your load and God does something in your heart. It's so important that when you're feeling down and low, find somebody and pray with them. Be their advocate. Lift them up and see what God does in your life. You know, Or you can do something nice for someone who's treated you poorly. Make them cookies. Send them a card. Now, I'm not sending any cards out this week or I'm making any cookies for anybody.
0: <laughs> but If they get one now, they're going to wonder, what I know, did I do wrong? I know.
1: No, nothing. So look for an opportunity to reach out to a person and share your love, even if you don't feel like it. Oh. So I have an example of this. Um, it was when Troy was teeny tiny. He was like a first grade. and
0: Thankfully he's in the other room. I know.
1: He's, he's used to it. We lived in a, a little subdivision, and across the street was a single older lady, and she was kind of cranky. She was Kind of? Kind of. I was being nice. You know, she, well, the boys, it's like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and the police car comes, and the boys are in our driveway playing basketball. And... They drove up and said, Yeah, some the lady across the street said, You're being too loud, you need to stop.
0: It's like Like, eight o'clock at night. It
1: was five o'clock.
0: Oh, five o'clock. Sorry, I didn't mean
1: to.
0: (laughs) So anyway, we're like, what
1: in the world? And she was out there yelling at them that week, you know, just go inside. You and just I mean, she was just wow. Troy came inside and said, Mommy. She needs something special. I said, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, I want to make her a cake." I said, "You do?" I said, "Okay." So I helped him make the cake, and he put it in a nice little gift thing.
0: Kept him from putting arsenic in it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. And he Just walked kidding. He, a cake over to her home, and that's scary enough for me. I can't imagine what he was thinking. And he goes up to the door and knocks, and she came and went. What do you want? He goes, I made a cake for you. I hope you feel better. And he ran off and went, wow. And I thought, well, that was really cool. I mean, Troy's heart, it was just so soft. It was about a week later, and I'm home, and there's a knock on the door. And I open, it and it's her. And I'm like, oh, no, what did we do wrong now? <laughs> you know. She goes, here, this is for your boy that made me the cake. And he, she shoves this bag in my hand, and she takes off. I'm like... She got him this little tiny beater thing. It was really funny. it was cute. He made an impact in her life. And she was even though she never said thank you, she gave back because somebody shared with her.
0: And she never called the cops on him for no, playing basketball anymore.
1: No, no, no. So again, we need to realize when someone's hurting, we need to be there. Pray and ask God, what can I do to make them feel better? And we were listening to a video the other day and Chuck Swindoll was talking about the Good Samaritan. And these are the things that he said about the Good Samaritan. Number one is, he opened his eyes. When he was walking that path, he saw that hurting person. The others did too, but he opened his eyes. Number two is, he opened his heart and had compassion. Instead of walking to the other side and saying, I don't have time, I can't touch him, he's unclean, any of the excuses it was, he took the time, he opened his heart, and had compassion on this Samaritan that was hurting. And number three is, he opened his hands. He just didn't say, well, I'll pray for you, I hope you're going to be okay, and walk on. He bandaged his wounds. He got his supplies off his donkey, his oil and his wine and his bandages, and bandaged him up. And again, he didn't say, well there, I got you this far. Good luck. (laughs) Nope. The next thing he did was open his possessions. In other words, he knew he was going to have to have money to, to take care of him. He actually put him on his donkey. Now, I can't imagine. This wasn't like he just threw him in his car. This donkey, this man had to be heavy. It was an extra load for him.
0: But I was thinking about this. Yeah. If I had like a really nice car, you know, like a Lexus or a Mercedes or something, I don't, but if I did, (laughs) brand new, and this guy were bleeding all over, I don't know if I'd want to put him in my car. So, Maybe he felt that way.
1: I don't you know? know. But again, he opened his possessions. He gave him whatever he needed. I mean, he even when he got to the inn in the town, he gave him the money right. to take care of him. And then he said, if this isn't enough, I'll be back in town. I'm coming this way again. Just let me know, and I'll pay the rest. There was no, well, this guy's going to have to pay me back, blah, blah, blah. No, he opened his possessions. And the last one, which is the best, is he gave his time. He spent a long time wrapping his wounds, taking him to this ne- the, the ne- nearest town. You know, most of us, we say we don't have time to do that. We don't have time to go here, or we don't have time to take care of somebody. Maybe we need to stop and make the time, because when you make the time to bless somebody, God's going to bless you. You don't even have to think about it.:
0: You know, I'm not uh, picking any particular instance, but I'm reminded of I saw it a lot more in Florida, where you'd go up to the corner and there'd be somebody there with a, you know, we'll work for food or whatever. Um, and I don't know about you, but usually the first thing that I would think of is, man, you need to get a job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Instead of how can I help this person, I'm judgmental, I'm, I'm condemning. And I, I really don't think that's the intent behind what Jesus is saying here. The reason he's pointing out this good Samaritan is because the man gave his all Towards someone who most likely was his enemy but he put that aside to help the person how much could we do for the kingdom of God if we would have this mentality if we would use our hearts instead of our heads if we truly love God with all our heart mind soul and body and God put somebody like this in front of us and I have said this it could be in your own family but it might be an actual neighbor or someone down the road, or you're driving through Gaylord, the big town of Gaylord, (laughs) and you see somebody in need. Listen, we're coming up on the holiday season. Thanksgiving and Christmas. and Maybe as a church, we need to be looking for people to bless, to treat with the love of God, Somebody who maybe they haven't heard an encouraging word in months or years. And God wants to use you or me. But we've got to be open to this. We, We have to have open eyes, open hearts. Put your hands out. Open hands. Put them out. You can use these for good with God's help. That next one, nobody likes it. (laughs) Open wallets. Uh Uh-uh. It's my money. I earned it. Mm. I tithe. I give 10%. Great. I'm thankful you do. It does keep the church running and the ministries going that we support, but there are other things God wants you to do with it too. Stretch a little bit when you see somebody like this. Reach out and help. And that last one, which is so important, and I don't mean to go over your list. That's okay. But time is something none of us have extra. We all get 24 hours a day. That's it. You can't find extra time. And sometimes God puts somebody in your path and it's going to take your time. Time that you intended to use doing other things, like Blowing leaves, <laughs> fishing, golfing, whatever, loving Going your wife. To the ER. <laughs> that was not intentional. <laughs> In conclusion, if uh, whoever's coming up could, uh, we get blessed with Sarah. Sarah, we're so blessed to have Sarah and the whole worship team, but. we all have excuses say amen Amen. why we shouldn't help our neighbor we're like the rabbi and the temple worker the levite sometimes we pass people that are hurting we don't even see them most of the time because we're so used to doing this
1: careful (laughs) our heads
0: are down That's how I go through the grocery store. This one is head up, and I've said this before, but it, it's contagious. I follow her because by the time I get to that person, they're smiling, and then they see me, and it's usually, and it, it's so I've learned. I, I I'm learning to smile more, so I don't scare them. Especially when I look like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, now they go.
0: <laughs> God loves us. Would you stand with me? With us?
1: Hallelujah.
0: God loves us.
1: You know, last week God put on my heart to have an altar call to love more. And I think during this last week I have felt that and that's why this message I was like man it's right along with what we prayed last week to have more love in your heart for others not only those that love you back but those that aren't going to love you back
0: Amen and you know God knows us <laughs> he knows that we make mistakes that we fail sometimes and all he asks of us is just keep keep trying keep doing your best whatever that looks like for you Amen. you know if you see somebody hurting give them a helping hand if you don't think you have enough time to help somebody maybe readjust that a little bit say you know what I'm going to take a few minutes to at least find out what their need is I mean what's it take to stop and talk to somebody for a few minutes 5-10 minutes I think we can afford that for a soul can't we And as far as our own resources, you know what? I can tell you this right now. If if you give toward a need, God sees that. And you're never going to outgive the Lord. Never. So keep that in mind as the Lord puts things, people, in front of you. And just as Jesus described him, the Good Samaritan, he is our example. He saw the need. He felt the need in his heart. And then he acted in love to help that person. And the result was that God commended him and put this story in the Bible for us to see 2,000 years later. What a perfect example. Love God and love your neighbor. Amen? Amen. You want to close?
1: Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for today's message. Again, I pray that as we walk out today, that that love will just pour through us. That as we see those that are hurting or maybe are even angry at us, that we can identify that. And God, we can reach out and love them anyway. And we just ask you right now to touch in the name of Jesus. Lord, those that need you today, that have never given their heart to Jesus, they don't even know how to even begin. Father God, right now, I just pray that they'll just say yes, that's all it takes. If they want Jesus Christ in their life, they just have to say yes, and ask for forgiveness of their sins, and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And God today, they'll see their lives changed. And for those that have already done that, I just pray again that we take these lessons, we take these times, and we just grow closer to you and we give it all to you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless. Have an awesome day.